If you never thought that God is in the details, your mind is about to get blown. (laughs) Not just from the perspective that I carry into this podcast, the fact that I launched our official publishing house on Friday that is now fully distributed in bookstores, not just Amazon. How about the fact that I got to tell my grandpa who is on his last days, honestly, and he is an avid writer who has a book that he's never yet published that I'm going to publish, who is also an avid reader who has likely read every one of the author who has sold over 500 million copies of books. That's on the show today that you're about to learn from Mark Victor Hansen. He is a wellspring of knowledge, of joy, of light. He is quoting so many different people who are literally like his friends, okay? This is not just like him reading, though he reads a book a week. That too is phenomenal. He is, he's equipped because of who he's linked to. This is what the body of Christ is about. And I am beyond, beyond humbled to spend this hour with him of richness as we talk through the different pivot points, the different positions, the different elements of purpose connected to your individual destiny. There are so many pieces of work that are not only his or have been written by him or about him that you've got to get your hands on. I was most excited to tune into his YouTube channel because I love learning in that frame, in that form right now. But you've got to first, before you go anywhere, tune in here. It's going to change your mind on the mind, the body, the spirit, your longevity connected to it, your destiny instilled inside of it, and all of the other amazing... I had to take notes, guys. I don't usually take notes in my podcast. There's only two people I've ever taken notes with. Mark, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I mean, chicken soup, of course. Love you guys so much. Please like, share, review, maybe get your favorite chicken soup book out, put it behind you and tag us both so we can share it on social media. It matters. It literally matters. You might not think the extra effort takes that it takes to do is worth it, but it's worth it to us. And we appreciate you so much in the process of doing it. I know this is going to bless you. It's going to enrich your life because ultimately that's what we're here to do with this show and with everything that we put into the world. And I know Mark feels the exact same because, well, he's done it. I can prove it. He can prove it. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness broadcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Y'all, can I be honest? I never want that intro to stop. 
It's so much fun. I'm like over here dancing. But if it doesn't stop, I don't get to introduce you to the incredible guest that we have today. And so I am so beyond honored to introduce you guys to Mark Victor Hansen. It has been a long time coming as our schedules have had conflict and all the things that could get in the way. But there is no stopping an ordained conversation that has already been amazing when we were offline. And so I know it's going to be a treasure to you all today. I have to be honest, because you might not just first off know his name, but for me, this is the first book of Mark I dissected for all my Bible scholars in the room. I don't mean biblically the book of Mark. I mean chicken soup for the teenage soul was my Bible back in the day, <laughs> like 20 years ago, right? I just had that next to my bed. It was such a treasure to my life. And it introduced me into what I know now is this beautiful uncovering of my faith and my identity. And I am so honored to introduce you to the author of the 500 million plus copies that have been sold, um, who I know has just a heart of heart for people. Thanks for being here today. Wow. What a great introduction. What a great video. So thank you on all behind accounts. I just got to tell you though, our publisher originally, cause we were smoking, we were had the number one and number two book, uh, in, in, uh, sales, uh, chicken soup of the soul one and the second helping uh, for 58 weeks in a row. And, and then we said, well, we want to do chicken soup of the teenage soul. And they said, Ah, that's time you guys have blown it. Uh, I got teenagers, they buy CDs, concert tickets, and clothes. I give them 50 bucks. They go to the mall, and I say, what happened to it? And they said, the mall ate the money. It'll never make it. Well, we sold $19 million right out of the chutes, because what we did is, it, at the time, I was close friends, and still with uh, Larry Kirschbaum, head of Time Warner Publishing, and he said, hey, look, my daughter runs Nickelodeon, and I had little kids at the time. And, and uh, they were getting slimed. I don't know if you remember what that yeah, was. Yeah, I remember slime, uh-huh. And, and I took uh, Melanie and Elizabeth, and, and Melanie at that time was, you know, like four years old, and, and she could repeat on the air because she sat in my lap listening to me do all the interviews like this. Like I was doing, you know, some days 20 interviews in a day. That's why I sold so many books. Anyhow, because uh, we exposed it to everybody, and everybody fell in love with the stories. So she goes on the TV show with me and radio and, and, her, and at the very end of the show, the guy says to Melanie, who's doing these stories articulately, eloquently as a, 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 a pre-elementary kid and says, you know, you just talked to 2 million people. <laughs> yes. And then, and then we went influence and, before course, influence. And then my kids got to slime me and they thought, oh man, and got good video of me on TV with them. And they said, that's the best thing, getting the old man. I knew it was coming. So it was, you know, exciting, but it just, it was just so exciting that what we did is that we found a, you know, you read a thousand stories to find one. And then Jack and I had 250 stories because Jack was a, a high school teacher. And even though he's Harvard third in his class and I was a university professor, but we yeah. had these great stories. We had all those uh, 12,000 kids at Nickelodeon test the stories on a scale of one to 10, 10, Plus, plus, plus means that you remember the story first time you read it like you did and could go out and tell it. Wow. And so we had, and we didn't have anybody's name in the story. So you didn't know it was Irma Bombeck or, or uh, Barbara Walters, who we had in there, everybody. Wow. And just great, great, great people, but no names. So the story had to stand on its own strength. Wow. And it just went, it went zooming because it was crazy. And then I'll just do one other little story. I'm at Ball State University with 20,000 kids talking. And three girls picked me up, and later that night I had dinner with the president of the school, and and they said, 
we wouldn't be in school without that book because it allowed us to to talk with our hearts to each other. And we were missing mommy and daddy. And we were yes. Saying, oh, and then the president tells me only one in, you know, there are 28,000 kids at that school. Only one in 10 that matriculate will graduate. And I go, no, 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 no. I worked through three years undergraduate work just because I had to pay for it myself. My parents had yes. nothing. They were smart, but they just... just immigrants illiterate in English so they ESL, mm. English second language so I said well I'll do chicken soup for the college soul and we did that and it also rocked it was just so, so incredible you're welcome you're welcome well I just think of like the evolution of that I didn't know that your backstory connected to your parents in that regard that English like they literally must be so overjoyed by what you did with a language that wasn't even your predominant like upbringing that's wild it, it, it's even worse or better, however, you, <laughs> sure. from first grade to sixth grade, because English was not our first language, yeah. right? Is I was in uh, remedial reading, which was like, in, today you call it the dumb class, right? Right, right, and right. I, I never felt Learning. dumb. Yeah, yeah. Because I was out making money with newspapers and having a ball and being a patrol boy at that level and, and did lots of cool stuff and lots of businesses. But it, it's amazing that from Ill, remedial reading to the world's best-selling author is pretty cool. I mean, it's a it's great incredible. Career. It's absolutely insane. And I think to my my grandpa right now, just to bring this home to a, a localized thing. I was sitting with him this past weekend, and he's actually on his on his dying days, if you will. And he worked for the newspaper for thirty plus years. It's where he retired. That was like his entire life. And he went from seeing and placing each individual printing press per day per hour to what is now rolling out these prints as often and fast as you could possibly imagine and he's read so many books he couldn't even name his favorite he has so many and I had the opportunity to share with him that we are officially a Nashville recognized publishing house personally this weekend and he just was so overjoyed I don't even think he could process it but I said grandpa the books that you've written are going to be published because I think this happens and and I know this is a part of even your books around the most recent one about ask is understanding that so many people have a desire to share a story there it is you guys ask the bridge from your dreams to your destiny how many stories have never been shared because oh, there's a next step of publishing that they've never taken. Tamara, that's the point. Yeah. The graveyard, we say, is the richest place in the world because it's got all the books that didn't make it, all the inventions that, that didn't make it, all the songs that didn't make it, all the IP, intellectual property that didn't make it. And, it, and it's a crime because yes. the, the, the reason we wrote Ask is we say the stuff that fits your show. Ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. Yeah. And, and we teach that the last thing you do before you go to sleep is you ask God, God, what is your, de- in this show, what is your destiny for me? And my destiny is obviously to be a professional speaker and a world's best-selling writer because that's what I decided with God. And God said, okay, go and pull it <laughs> off, right? And I'm 75, but I'm going to live to be 127 because I don't believe yes, you're not I'm supposed there. to volunteer for death and throw away your body parts and give up early. Come well, on. mom and dad died at this age, so I should, no, 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 no. What idiots. Come on. You know? Yeah, right? so Bible, true. Genesis 6, 3 says, thou shalt live 120 or yours. And if you look at Moses, his eye was yes. not weak, nor his breath baited, nor any guile found in his mouth. Meaning the brother was strong still. 
so good. And my grandpa is a whippersnapper. I mean, good. we're sitting there. We hear him. He starts singing a song because my my brother is telling him that we're going. To, he was going to Nicaragua, and he just starts singing a tune. He knows the date that the tune comes out, 1947, and it was the Chiquita Banana Lady. And he knows the exact. And I'm like. What, Grandpa? That's so crazy! And so I, I totally, song. yeah, I bet you do. Right, so we sell a hundred million bananas in America from there a year. How's that for a little fact? Like that nobody <laughs> oh else my gosh, it's so good. But I think about like your journey, your evolution from being in that space of of probably feeling less than comparative to other people in those classes. At what point were you like, okay, I am destined to be a writer? Like, when did that click for you? Oh, that's cool. So. I'm 16 years old. I have a rock group because the Beatles came out and they made a lot of money. So I said, well, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I called my best buddy and he said, what do you play? Nothing. What do you play? Nothing. I said, well, qualify. He said, how can you say that? I said, look at the drummer, Ringo. Ringo's the greatest percussionist. But so the point good. is, I, I would have to say something. In two weeks, we had 50 songs and there's no rock group. So we made a lot of money fast. And I studied everything because I'm really a good student, actually. And, and the same thing I do now. I figure out what I want put it in writing, visualize, realize it, mm. and put together a team. One and one equals 11 and get my dream. So, so um, it was amazing. But I'm 16 and we skipped school at senior skip day in, in good in Chicago. I was born in Waukegan, Illinois, and and uh, watch a play. And one of the guys that didn't come with us tattled on us. We all got 40 detentions at the end of the school year. And I sat next to the, and we weren't allowed to talk. So I wrote this great letter to the girl I was trying to hit on. She never went out with me. She said, I hope you the swamps of Ragoon back up and choke you to death. But everybody read the article I wrote her. And I said, man, and they said, write more. You're really good. And I, you know, I, I, I got to say all this stuff that I've written, you know, even with co-authors, whether it's Art Linkletter or Jack, seminally is with me. And, yeah. and, you know, not that I don't have the best editors, 318 books I've written, all the best editors in the world. Some of them said, no, 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 no. <laughs> not this, not that, <laughs> yeah, which is I fight for my stuff. But it, it's OK. I, I look, I'm going to write 500 books during my lifetime, minimum, just because yes. everyone has more to do. And God, if you buy Genesis 127, and I know you do, you're made in the image yep. and likeness If God's infant and God's creative. Then you're here for three C's to create, to contribute, and be charitable. That's it. Come on, All that's of us so good. In an omni-effective way. And that's, Chris and I wrote this book because we've talked to, you know, in 80 countries to 7 million people live or more. And oh. and uh, you you meet great people everywhere, Tamara, that, that live below their privilege because they've never said, God, what's your destiny for me? Not mm. for her, for me. Yeah. Right? Because each of us, Eight billion of us live have a great destiny. We have a yeah. reason, a path. What you did in, in the intro, the, you've got to get on purpose, right? I saw that word yes. flash. Most, if you walk up to most and say, "What's your purpose in life?" Purpose. Yeah. What are they going to say? Heck, I don't know. No I got idea. I'm right. crushing all my head and throwing into the. <laughs> it's true, and and honestly, I I don't know about you, and I'd be curious, connected to that. Was there a season of like? floundering where you two felt that way because I there was definitely that season for me where I'm like I I'm just doing the next best thing I'm achieving I'm accolade like I'm checking the boxes I'm doing what the world tells it, me I'm supposed to do according to what success actually is to somebody else this was never my definition 
And I felt totally void. And it wasn't until I was in this like stark, I call it actually my, my tombstone moment. So we're talking about death again, but not because I want anyone to be there or experience this, but because I want us to live for the, not even just for the dash, but for the entire dream connected to that, the destiny, that's what we're here for. Was there ever that floundering moment for you where you maybe like the first book floundered or the first book was like, nope, this isn't what I meant to do. Or did you try and do something totally different at any point? Phenomenal question. And everybody needs to hear that there's four seasons and everybody hits a winner and springs always behind winter and, and light day always comes oh. after night and so east sunrise and east. In 1973 and four, I'd been in graduate school with a brilliant guy, Bucky Fuller, built a dome company. I was building North New York Racket Club. I thought I was hot. We're doing two million a year. Of and course, of course. Ta-da. Oil embargo hits, and and there's no. I'm building out of PVC polyvinyl chloride plastic oil. Like where we're at again, yeah. as we're doing this right now, there's stupidness going on in the oil business, which we need to be self-generating. We get enough oil for a thousand years in America and you need to do that before we go to EVs. And I'm hundred percent for EVs. That's not the issue. And yeah. solar and wind and title and, and pulsing waves. I own a dis- one of those companies now, but I went bankrupt so fast. I had to check out a book out of the library, how to go bankrupt by yourself. <laughs> I got a New York public library. You couldn't even have a bankrupt lawyer. <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, it's worse. I'm standing on the courts of Eastern New York and a bankruptcy lawyer comes on and says, kid, for $300, I'll take you bankrupt. I said, buddy, if I had 300 left, I wouldn't be going bankrupt. Oh, I, I didn't see it coming. But then for six months, I'm sleeping in a sleeping bag in front of another guy's room. And and that's when I learned this thing about, because I was reading self-help books and I read Magic of Believing. And I said, okay, God, uh, tell me what my destiny is. And God didn't do it the way you expect. God said, yeah. what do you think your destination mm. is? I want to be a professional speaker. I go to my three roommates in Hicksville, Long Island, New York. We're paying $100 a month rent. So you can see we're not living in style and profiling and styling. Anyhow, one guy says, I'm in real estate. And in real estate, interest rate was at 28%. So we was in the tank. But wow. guys, there's this kid out there talking because I said, I can't, I don't want a, a cotton top, a white old person. I got to have to relate to him. It can't be a Broadway star, a celebrity, a medical doctor, lawyer. He said, yeah, this kid's your age. He's actually five years older, 10 years older, Chip Collins. And he's wowing 500 people. And I go up to him at the end and back to this whole thing is ask because your whole life is you ask. And are you in a receptive mood? Receptive mood is what gets it. That's why the Bible says pray as are the things Mm. for which you're praying has been received. You got to be it before you get it. You got to be it to have it. Most of us want to have it without being it. Anyhow, I watch this guy go up to him and I said, let me take it to lunch. He said, what do you want, kid? I said, I want to do what you do. He said, no, 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 you don't want to do this. And I'm not letting you do my industry. I said, I'll buy lunch. Give me a different industry. He said, life insurance. And, and he said, you'll call on 10, one will sell. The first day I knock on 10 doors and it's now 6.30 or 7 at night. And I get to this guy at a metropolitan office. He's Tony. He weighs 450 pounds. Oh. He weighs naked with his ink pen, half empty as a joke goes. And I go, um, he says, I'll take the seminars. Mentally, I wanted to go, you mean it? I said, do you want to cut the check or have your secretary cut it? He says, I, I'm a big boy. I can cut it. And it was nothing. And it was $25 for horse seminars, prospecting, presenting, good work, have its clothes. He said, he said, kid, I like you. Uh, here's what happened. I'm the biggest guy in the number one company of life insurance in the world. Here's a directory to all the people in life insurance in Metropolitan. You call them, you tell them, Big Tony sent you. I said, holy cow, I just got a directory. I mean, God really wanted me to be a speaker. And then... All of them said, well, do you have a book? 
And I said, uh, wow, that is like way cool. So I first self-published book used to cost a dollar each. We sold them for 10 stand up, speak on wind. I said, this isn't a national bestseller. It's not a New York times bestseller, but it's my bestseller. Yes. <laughs> and I want to so autograph this thing to you before you walk out of here to your wife, your kids. If you got a dog, I'll put your dog in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. So, That's so good. Yeah. And like the first audience, Three thirty-seven people came in, and another thirty-seven left because they were aligned. And there's a bar mitzvah coming in afterwards. I went, oh my god, because I was signing. I wish you every success, Tamara. I wish your kids and and your grandkids and your great grandkids are all so good. Because <laughs> I was I was I was in heaven. The only so proud. Which we talked about before the show is everyone's got to do sequels and prequels. Most people say, well, I did one book and I'm done. Right. You no. Know, here's the business. There's an S curve in business. You've got mm-hmm. money in the front end to make something go. And then when it goes, it starts to go up, but it'll peak. And if it peaks, the only way to stop a peak, when we did Chicken Soup for the Soul 1, we had a second helping and then third helping and then the teenage soul and then the so romantic good. soul. And and you never peak to the top if you keep producing. It's so good. Which is why God said, and we've done Genesis 127 again, but you've got to keep creating. Right, Not right. Me. I'm a millionaire. I'm 42, 52, 72, 80. I don't give a dang no. how old you are. Yeah. There's no... No, I'm going to go golf, the 100 best. Good. But that doesn't mean you're not supposed to create or do something. Does that make sense? A thousand percent. Because you think about people connected to what you were talking about with destiny and purpose. Whenever people discover that, you never hear about retirement associated to that. And the Bible never speaks to retirement ever at any point. So the guy was 967, for God's sakes. Come on, let's go. And I'm so on board with, I'm going to live to 120. I tell my kids that all the time. And they're like, but not a lot. And I'm like, I know a lot of people don't, but I'm going to, I'm going to go to a blue zone. That's going to be home base. (laughs) And I'm going to create from that place all day, every day, which is what podcasting is, writing is, dancing is. I don't care what your profession is connected to that destiny. But if you stop, you die, in my opinion. And I've seen it over and over and over again. Your brain starts to deteriorate. Your relationships start to dwindle. dwindle your confidence connected to yourself dwindles. And you, if you keep creating, your confidence continues to expand. And a lot of people think it's opposite because they say, well, that his fourth book was a failure, right? Or their second business was a failure, And in my perspective, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a part of the J curve. That's a part of that experience, right? Because it builds, it builds, it builds. It never goes down. And so I am so on board with this and so excited to hear how it just continued to compound. And that's what brought you to this place and also to be able to teach other people how to do it and just unlock that mindset. But if it's not connected to the ask, which is what this this concept is now, this book that we're talking about today, there's, there's no becoming, right? Because now you're just staying in the confines of what you believe and you're not actually asking more bigger questions of what could become of yourself. If I never opened the door, if I got, bought a house and there was a hole upstairs and all the doors were closed and I never opened the door, I never asked, hey, what's in this room? I would never know that there was said insert whatever is in that room, a sauna. I wish that it was. It's not a sauna, but that'd be awesome if it were, right? I just think about like people aren't actually asking of themselves. They're not going into the doors of their own heart, into the doors of their own destiny. And therefore, they're staying in this place of boring and, and depravity personally. 
Sorry and not sorry that I am interrupting your very incredible podcast with an interjected commercial on something else that I find really important or I wouldn't put it in the middle of the show because the show is rich. But I am witnessing over and over again with marketplace ministers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders who haven't yet figured it out on how do I break through this glass ceiling of finances connected to freedom and prosperity, which is God promised. It's a location and it's a place of being and it's something that's blocking you. And I want to help teach you that truth can be taught and value can be given without me needing to offer you anything. But I am going to offer you something. (laughs) I'm going to offer you an opportunity to come connect and experience and learn and sit alongside others who are learning in a two-day mastermind training. This is content that we share inside of our 25K Mastermind, and so we want to fully make it open to the public with intention of equipping you to do the thing you're called to do. We're so tired of people not being able to break through this this Brit, this bondage. And so it's 30, 50, 100K months. It's a methodology that has been cracked by an incredible marketing company that works with some of the top influencers in the world. And so all of that data has been collected to teach this strategy in a in addition to teaching you the multi-channel influence that I know you're going to need in order for you to propel the message God has put on your heart. So that's a lot. All you need to know is go to Tamara.live to get the goods to sign up to claim your seat today. It's only two days. It's six hours. It's going to be the most highly invested time that you could possibly spend with this six hours because it's really expensive if you don't. Do you want to lose 100 a month? I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't. We need this to come in and funnel through our experience. So when you put your name and email, it's super quick. You'll see, you'll get to talk to someone on my team to make sure it's the right fit. I don't want you wasting your time and I surely don't want you wasting your energy. And so... Yeah, that's that for now. Anyway, keep enjoying this show, and I'm so grateful you're in the community. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you, hopefully, at the Mastermind Workshop. In in the book, as people are asking, because there's so many layers to the ask, and your wife did such a beautiful job of like of opening this up for people, what would you say is the most profound element of the ask when we're asking people? Or asking of ourselves or asking of God, because I think there's lots of layers to the ask. I agree with all that. And, and back to what Christ said, my house has many rooms. It's really yeah. in Aramaic, it's dimensions. Mm-hmm. And the, the dimension, because uh, I studied with the top Aramaic skill, Dr. Eric Rocco, Rocco Erica, a long, long time ago. But yeah. the, the point is, the dimensionality of each of us is deep. We're not, yes. you are not a garbage man, you are not a postman, you are not an engineer, right? The, the, what you're saying is exactly it. And then how do you expand that dimensionality for the rest of your life? Because there's great stuff for you to do. And and what you said a second ago is that each successful platform is a platform to go to higher success. Jordan Peterson says, the guy says to him, I made enough money, now I can go to an island. And he said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to drink martinis every night and watch sunset. He says, that's good for two weeks. But after that, what you just said is you're bored. And you're only bored if you're boring. You, you so will never good. find me to be either bored or boring. Not I mean, at all. I don't think, so. based on the fact that I still have giant audiences showing up for me and, and Zoom calls and they still read all my books, 
uh, and I think I'm more wise now than ever. Now, jocks, uh, athletes are done at 30 or 40 years old, with the exception of Tom Brady, maybe. But um, you, we get better as you get older. I mean, that's yeah. why, you know, there are a lot of cultures that revere people that lose all their hair. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I want to talk to that guy. That's the one I yeah. want to know. <laughs> well, it, it, the, the point is, I I got a lot of very, we just did, we we're here in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, Harvey McKay lives, and he's the world's biggest envelope manufacturer, but he also wrote How to Swim with Sharks, and I've written a lot of endorsements, his book, Ben, and a couple of them. But Harvey had his 90th birthday, I had 330 phenomenal friends, and he's saying he's oh. going to live to be 120, and it just was, it was so exciting to be for three days, we went, he paid for all of us to go to Elton John first together with him. Oh, and, so and, you know, fun. he's done well. And, and everyone should be able to have bigger, better, stronger, grander goals. And he told what his old goals were. And yes, he got over COVID in two weeks in the hospital. And yes, he got over hips and he went through all the stuff. Everyone has breakdowns with their breakdowns until you get to your breakthrough. Yeah. Yep. Well, it, it makes me hopeful for people because I think one of the biggest things I see, especially from like a business building concept is people think that it's too late or people think that they're like old news. And I'm like, that's the exact reason why you should become new news because you have something in your brain. You have an experience in your bones that I've never yet experienced in my generation. And so there's always someone for you to teach, whether you're the older or the younger. A majority of the people that are in my community are older than me. Why is that? People are always curious. Like, why is that your target audience? It's because people have told me since I was little, you're wise beyond your years, Tamara. You're wise. And I was always like, I really don't know what that means. And it wasn't until I came to that crash and burn moment when I'm 29. Most people don't experience their midlife crisis till their 40s, their 50, right? I call mine my quarter life crisis, praise Jesus, that I did it early. And I am, I am so grateful and humbled to be able to speak into it doesn't matter the age because ultimately there's still breath and breath to me doesn't have a diagnosis of of death because you're still breathing and so that's where i think if people stop looking at it from a perspective of a timeline and they look at it of a perspective of today right because tomorrow has enough worries of itself yesterday is old news today what are you going to do with it and i love that you have so much energy and exhilaration towards like right now it exhilarates me. Well, thank you. Um, a lady older than I am, who was head of her class at Harvard, and and her father created the Sheridan Hotel chain during the Depression, and oh, had the best on. hotel, the Sheridan Hotels. Uh, Ernest Henderson, and then her husband started a little chicken company that does twenty two million chickens a week, and she's had a forty thousand ag women. Mitzi Purdue, we met because she was in a great meeting in in Dubai, and one of my best friends said, "You got to talk to the world's best selling author." Mark Victor Hansen, she said, I'd be intimidated. And anyhow, we became best friends. So she just wrote my biography called Relentless. And it it, it got, awesome. obviously, it's got four book awards. It was the number one biography of last year. And what am I saying? Is it you and I know that everyone's got to read a book a week? Yeah. And the people in your age group and mine, I'm older than you, of course, but some, they're sold on it. And then they ought to read a biography or autobiography once a month. And I'm saying, Look, you ought to read my biography. Now, it's interesting. Mitzi went to the world's biggest publicist who does Jeff Bezos. And I will not mention his name, but the point is, a guy says, well, you guys have already had it out and you sold a lot, so you can't do it. I said, 
this guy's a no. Right, that makes zero sense. Because I did Chicken Soup 1. We did two years of nothing but publicity. It was never old. It just kept going up and up and up and up and up. And and it just, the point is what you said is so beautiful. It's so wonderful. It's articulate. You got to be a new you. Yeah, there it is. New year, and it's time for you to be the new you. And it doesn't matter what you haven't done, haven't been, haven't sought. And you can give me, I don't care about your situation, your circumstances, your education, lack of education, whether you're a slave or free. If you're a slave and you decide to be free, and slavery may not just be like in in China right now with 10 million slaves. We're talking about a lot of people are slave to silliness, slave to weak belief systems that don't work like when you're older, you get to slow down and yeah. sleep all day. Well, no, I was in graduate school with Bucky Fuller. I was 21, he was 71 when I started seven-year indentured to him because he was so, I mean, the guy had 15 doctorates, invented geodesic domes, cartography, Dimaxian maps, humo, humo. anyhow, but he was such a wow to my brain and said, look, we can make the world work for 100%. And he said, Christ told the truth. And he predicted back in John 10, 10, that I might have life and have more abundantly and, and, I have come to, you know, the prayer is obviously I shall not want. And the point is, he said, the technology is going to do that. And technology is like fire. It's, it'll warm the house or burn it down. AI is going to do some great things for us. Yes. And it, it's got some dangers to us. But yes. the point of your show is we've got to teach people ethics, we've got to teach yeah. them morality. Yes. And it's preferentially start young as kids. But the guy I'm loving now is uh, Dr. John Lennox. I don't know if you listen to John at mm-hmm. all from Cambridge. But, but he says, look, you've got to study this stuff because I'm talking to all, like, no, he's a Nobel Prize winner, all Nobel Prize winner. And they said, I never heard this stuff before. I never heard why you got to believe in Christianity and why oh Christ, God. you know, has got to be part of who you are, which is what we're teaching here in our Ask book. Because you, you, all of us are born with spirit, your spirit before your mind, before your body, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you, Jeremiah said. Yes. The point is, the spirit is what lives forever. And if yeah. the spirit's alive, you want to turn up the volume on spirit, not turn, not me. I'm going to turn it down and play lazy. <laughs> Hell no, you ain't supposed to be lazy. Right. Well, that was the perfect element. You're saying that the, the beliefs connected to our body or our mind, right? Beliefs are from our mind and we can have our body in the confines of that, thinking that our spirit doesn't have an ability to expand beyond both. And so knowing this, I'm literally, I was mentioning it to you right before we jumped on here. I listened to this incredible um, just interview slash it was a debate earlier and the person who was against theology believe not does not believe in a god they're atheist they said that they could not understand where morality or ethics was birthed because there's no dna particle that says oh this is your morality element this is your consciousness there has to be a being that then delineates this element which is your which is the spirit because it's the spirit of god that then birthed us into life for destiny. And so for someone to walk through their life who is so brilliant, sometimes people's mental brilliance will block their spiritual evolution. It just is That's true. exactly what, so, so John Lennox, who's a genius, pure mathematician yeah. from Cambridge, and, and what he does, he debates on also full-time basis nowadays. He's got to be 80 somewhere, I suspect. But yeah. um, atheists, and, and he always, it always comes down to the reductionism and semantics. And he says, okay, so let's just talk that through. What you do is you have a faith in atheism. Is that right? He said, yep. He said, that's it. You, if you've got a faith in the wrong thing, you you crash and burn. So and, and he said, the reason when, when they uh, and grilled me when I was a freshman and I said, I believe in Christ. 
and, and uh, all of them said, you're an atheist. You'll never make it through school. He says, well, tell me what hope atheism gives you. Because if atheism gives you hope, I'll listen. But there's no hope because it's existential. Because your life is limited to what you said earlier, the dash, the day you were born to the day yeah. you die. No, that's not what you're limited. You didn't, right. you were born before you were born. Your spirit has always been, always will, because you're connected to God. My my understanding of that is that in the computer language, God's a mainframe computer. You and I are many frames off the mainframe. And, so good. and, and the goal is I want to keep turning up the light, keep turning up the energy, keep turning up the juice. And I got to tell you, I got the best wife. I got the best family. I got the best joy. I mean, our show here is a joy. And people say, Come on, tell the truth. Isn't Mark faking it? No, Mark's not faking it. He really lives that way. But they have so delimited their their dull wadded and dim witted, right? (laughs) (laughs) Their lights down. And I'm not picking on any of you watching. It's not you, not these listeners. No, 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 no. They're woke. We call them woke. (laughs) Those are the woke people, right? Yeah, yeah, those people, right? But I do think there's an element of needed ownership. When we have conversations like this, I tell people every single time I come to the podcast, even as the the host, right? I am constantly like, God, put me in an open-hearted space of conviction. What correction can you bring me today that allows me to evolve? that allows me to be the best version of myself for the next element of my destiny. Because I think in order for me to get into the, all these doors of the chasm of my soul, of the spirit of, of humanity, of the cosmos, what I, I don't care what you're thinking of. I have to be able to unlock it mentally, physically, which is the age bracket doesn't end and spiritually. And I'm not there yet, which is why every day is so exciting to me. It's why I cannot wait to get out of bed. People are aren't you tired? Aren't you going to burn out? Don't you need rest? And I'm like, I sleep eight hours and I am pumped and ready to go for the next morning because there's something more that I get to discover. That's what writing does for us. That's what reading does for us. But if you don't write from what you've read, even if that reading is of your own life and you've never picked up a book, you're constantly reading. Your eyes are reading every single scenario that's taking place. Your ears are reading. They're listening to the words that you're consuming right now. I think there's so much power in now bringing pen to paper or keyboard, whatever you want to do, and actually uncovering what did you discover there? Just like when you were in high school, I too started writing poetry. That was how I started writing in high school as a love letter. And I was writing about something that didn't have confines, that wasn't a history le- lesson. It was writing about an element of spirit, an element of ethics, an element of morality connected to something that doesn't have a molecule to define it. And that's what I love so much about being alive, is we can explore things that aren't scientifically capable of proving. Well, okay, so let's talk about that, because... God is a causeless cause, the numeral yeah. uno. And what happens is nothing times nothing equals nothing. So you had to have okay. something. And that's why when, when John says to the atheist, write on a piece of paper and said, that didn't come out of nowhere. It came no. out of your brain. And there had to be something that created your brain to create everything. So okay. that's that part. And then what you said about taking dominion over your beingness. Okay. Solomon said, your job and mine is Psalm 72, be an influencer of influencers. And and the point is everybody listening to us is supposed to take where here's, here's the principle from our friend, president uh, Jefferson Jefferson said, look, if my candles lit 
And for whatever reason, yours has been blown out. And a lot of people today, because of COVID, because of yeah. inflation, because of yeah. negative news, we can go on and on through the litany. But if your candle's been not lit, let yours and mine. Watch your podcast, watch mine, watch yeah. my YouTube, your YouTubes, because I'm a big YouTuber and, and doing fun stuff. Let's get everybody lit. And, and then let's light everybody and make sure they're yeah. lit at, the, at a level that they can turn up the resin. And then so good. a la writing. For those, I believe everyone has a story to tell. And our publishing company is called MarkVictorHansonLibrary.com. And what we do is we say we bring your impact story to life. And let me just give you a quick example of that. Crystal and I are down in um, Houston, Texas, talking to 700 people at the, um, whatever it was called, um, the, the collective. And a little kid comes up to me shaking like a leaf after we're done talking about 7 o'clock at night. And I go, you could see it was uber bright. Aww. And I go, okay, uh, why are you shaking? He said, you're world's best-selling author and you intimidate me. I looked at him and said, look, kid, I couldn't intimidate anybody, but you, as smart as you look, <laughs> not a chance. What's your story? He says, well, I'm 14. I'm worth $843,000. I pass a real estate test. I get goosebumps telling you this, which is truth. I, I passed wow. a real estate test at eight years old in Ohio. I shoveled snow, got my first house an owner carry back. If, if that means the owner carries the financing. He just put a thousand dollars down. He said, I own 60 houses now. I'm an Eagle scout already. And I'm, I'm a martial artist, uh, becoming a black belt. And I said, wow, you gotta have your story because we got to get every kid to be an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur means you take nothing, turn it into something and, and small value into high value with yourself. First, we just did this book. It's been number one in the last nine weeks in a row called the garage with Devin Woolwind. Ooh, I love it. And, and uh, you know, says, well, he pulls up my wife's blouse and says, I'm rich, too. I'm 12 and I'm worth a quarter million. So we did his book, which I don't have here to show you, but it's called The Treehouse. Because he said, I heard you say we could solve the world's problem and feed everyone and get the uh, climate control if we plant a trillion trees. So I'll be ahead of it. So he, he wrote the book and said, we'll do from mulberry trees to apple trees. And I said, do you know the story of Johnny Appleseed? And he said, I never heard of it. I said, his daddy said, I'll get it for you, son. Aww. Johnny Appleseed, as you know, is a real guy. John Chapman started in New York, walked all the way with 15,000 apple seeds. <laughs> I don't know how he collected so he so planted cool. all the way through Ohio and Indiana and Illinois. And the point I'm making is this kid is going to use drones to plant it. And he's got all the kids that are reading his book, uh, The Treehouse, uh, little um, Ethan uh, Woolwin. And it, what I'm saying is, He's going to have a big impact because our publishing company says, look, Plato said whoever controls the story controls the future. So I'm helping everyone try to control a bigger, better, stronger story. And, and a lot of people can't get published, and yet they got critical stuff to say how to overcome this, how to overcome that, how they did it, how they stayed alive, what they did that, that is not public domain information. And, and uh, yep. we had 18 number one books last year, the first year we came out. And I'm just going to thank you, God. Amazing. Well, and I think about the the element, and we were talking briefly about this, and I think it's important for people to understand uh, about Amazon, right? And and also you mentioned AI. So I'm thinking about like chat GPT and what's transpiring with that. And what are your thoughts on where we're going? And do you think like bookstores, I remember when our Barnes and Noble here local or our Christian bookstore closed and how like devastated I was because I love to hold that piece of work. It's a piece of art. Like I might not have a ton of art around, but I've got a ton of art around because I love books. Yeah, books so, are art. 
oh my gosh, so much. So talk to me about like, where's your mindset towards what's to come? Clearly you just opened a publishing house as did I. So there's hope. I have hope. So do you, but how can we be an advocate for people to continue to go through this process rather than blogging or being an influencer on social media? Well, first of all, congratulations, because we need more stuff published, not less. It, because of COVID, we went from 19,000 bookstores to 400. That's tragic. It's, by the way, I love every part of the book business. I, I went to ABA, American Booksellers meeting. I don't know if you ever went to them, but there are 16,000 people there. They've been magnificent to me. They've made me a rich, wealthy man, and my family is taken care of. You don't have to worry about my eating in the future days, except overeating, probably. Anyhow, <laughs> um, but those, the closure of the bookstores means that somebody's got to make sure that this thing keeps working and that we have it. And then you got major houses, like I'm with Random House. And I did, the, you know, Cracking the Millionaire Code, One Minute Millionaire, and all those great money books with them that rocked. We even yeah. melted down Amazon one time with a One Minute Millionaire. We sold so many so fast when they were just beginning. Jeff Bezos called so him and said, awesome. I don't know what you guys did, but get your butt up here and I'll pay for three first class tickets. And we had fun. I wish I'd bought a video camera. That's that is amazing. Right. And because everything else was terrific. Um, I, I should do that story in just a second. The point is, everybody's got to write their story, dictate their story. Or in our case, we ghostwrite it for people who can't. Yeah. And we say, look, fiction sells 10,000 times to one nonfiction. So let us fictionalize it. And the top fiction book of all time is, I bet you've read it, called The Alchemist. Have you read it? You know, I haven't. It's my brother's favorite read, though. I need to get my hands on it. Yep. It sold 150 million copies. The movie comes out. It was just made in Morocco. And like ours is going All to be right. made in, in a, a, doing a, it. Michaela, we're going to probably film it in, in Malta this spring. So in a couple of, <laughs> to me, that's like tomorrow, right? It but, is, it is. You know, it, it just, by the way, if you're having an exciting life, time compresses and you get a lot done a little time and have a great so time. Doing true. Don't, don't you, when you're, I know you sleep eight hours a day, but when you look back, don't your days disappear? Every single, my minutes disappear. This is almost over and I'm so sad. I'm like, wait, no, I'm holding on no, to every precious second. Let's do it again. <laughs> but then I have so much stuff to look forward to. And I, and I, I intentionally build my life like that, right? I am not over glamorizing being busy because I don't like that. But intentionality connected to every minute, it multiplies what the Lord can do and will do for you in those timeframes because I'm showing up to life rather than letting life show up to me. Yeah, one of the things that we did say and ask that fits so well is that Crystal and I are falling in love long ago and we're sitting at Mother's Market eating a nice green meal and, and there's a man of the cloth next to us that's very senior and he's wearing a little white thing in a black outfit. Yeah. And he leans in and he says, I see how lovely you guys are. Do you mind if I uh, tell you how to stay married forever? I said, we put it in the book. It's so good. I said, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us. He said, well, I've been head of Billy Graham's um, relationship ministry awesome. and marriage for 72 years. I'm nine, I'm 92 years old. Wow. Said, wow. What's the story? He says, you've got to pray out loud with your beloved in the morning and at night and every morning, like Chris and I started today, you know, usually today was a little short, but usually a half hour, hour. And we, you know, pray, meditate, listen to music at, at 432 beats. Cause that's the highest healing music on the planet. And it's Dr. Steve Helper is one of my close friends and we love his music and, and, and he's very spiritual and, and take yourself to elevated planes and, and say, look, the whole day is going to unfold with greater and greater success. Cause you're supposed to go, the Bible says from glory to glory, success to success, birth, you know, and back to what you said is it, I didn't finish as you're supposed to take sovereignty over your soul, which 
the big word that, that our friend Solomon said is repugnancy, which sounds repugn- uh, reg- reg- regnancy, not repugnancy. Regnancy. <laughs> I got to get the right word. Somebody's yeah. out there going, damn, that kid's supposed to know his words. He's not a very good word, Samaria. So after all that, he can't. Look, I got spell check. Human. We're here. human people. <laughs> no matter how many books you sold. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so, but I thought, wow, what a cool thing. So we put it in a book because, and you can't believe them, stacks of letters we get from people. I read your book. I loved it. It's changed my life. But because most people, including Crystal and I, had prayed it at church, prayed at funerals, at weddings, at Holy Man Jam, so to speak, but <laughs> not out loud to each other. And you go, wow, what a, it, it is a, a level of, of spiritual intimacy and connectedness that yeah. doesn't exist any other way. And And like what you and I did, if you don't mind my sharing it, you did the most magnificent, exalted, uh, 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 uplifting prayer before we began. Mm-hmm. And most people don't pray. And like when we have all the grandkids here in the family for whatever the event is, somebody prays. Now now mm-hmm. we're getting the grandkids to pray. And they go, I say, you're getting it after grandpy, boy. I'm telling you, because some of them don't stop. They, they, they don't stop. They just keep praying in the spirit. <laughs> I know the turkey's getting cool, grandpy, but I got a half hour of stuff I want to say. And I'm nine years old and I'm going to say it. I love that. That's amazing. You know, it, it's we love and adore them, and I can only gonna, imagine they're all going to go do wonders like your kids are. It's so great. I'm so we we were mentioning the the Jeff Bezos story. You said you may want to come back to it, but connected to like publishing and where Amazon is going. Like, w- do you imagine that any of what is sound um, sound creativity? is going to dissipate because of what's to come with AI? Just the opposite. Come so on. you probably know who Nick Wojcik is, a guy born with no arms yes, and no legs. Yes, I do. I sure do. So, so Nick and I just spent three hours together here, and we're going to publish his next book. He's hugged. So he's the only guy I know that's hugged 7 million people. I, I, don't, wow. I think that's the record. And he's got a Guinness Book of Record. If somebody else got it, they're going to have to come on your show and tell Guinness. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I hope it's Nick. He's amazing. Yeah, I love him. And if you haven't done him, show, I can help you do that. But he's all mine because he hasn't got a body. He's got a little toe and all that. And, and, <laughs> yes. and yet he's in love. He's got four kids. He's all that. So good. But because he's got such a good mind, he's had to go into AI and invent stuff that nobody's invented. And so he's created a brand new thing called Multitude. Multi and then T-O-O-D. It's not out okay. What it does is just exactly, it uses AI for the right thing. Mm, and what it on. does is it translates every language in my voice into 85 languages that quick because here's the trouble with yesterday's publishing industry god bless them there may be a lot of money but they go to 10 countries that speak english yeah well what about the people that speak swahili and this people speak hindi urdu and go and make disciples of nations which we have like to go going, further never heard of those languages that's exactly the point there are so more good. of them than we are in america yes. so the point is we're going to, and, and our company is asked to, if we can't be first with Nick's stuff and Nick's, so cool. you know, we've done that. So um, we're going to take every book that we do and, and we can help you do yours too. Yeah. But we're going to be the lead dog because every publishing house put, turned them down. Can you, I just. They you, turned them down? It's back to what you said. We're in a box. We do it this way. Oh the reason God. you guys aren't making any dang money is because you're in a box that isn't working anymore. Oh like, my it, goodness. If it ain't working, stop doing it. Right? Exactly. Well, and the evolution of teacher, what's to come. Right? Yeah, my teacher's teacher was Albert Einstein, and, and Albert said, uh, "If you want to know if you're crazy, if you keep doing the same thing, it's not working. You're nuts." 
You're insane. Exactly. I, I love these publishing people, but yeah. we publish books here at blah, blah. <laughs> no. Oh, that's not the end of it. That's the beginning because you need somebody like myself, Nick, you, yeah. to figure out how, because we say 90% of it is good marketing, thinking, hustling, butt-breaking <laughs> behavior to go pull off the magic call sales and getting enough people to expose to your book, to know about it, to yeah. take it to unheralded heights. And so AI is phenomenal. And back to you asked about chat. You understand chat uh, GPT was invented by my hero, Elon Musk. Now I've done 18 minutes yeah. on Elon Musk on, on YouTube. I don't mind saying, and I said, Elon Musk, the first trillionaire, and it's totally listened to it. What happens is here's a guy who's going to get us to the whole world because he's got 40,000 satellites up. He's got a brand new phone coming out called, um, which I'm so happy to get rid of this, is 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 get uh, is, uh, Tesla Pi, like 3114, we learned in mathematics. Yes, yes. Is, and he said, for the first time, we're going to have 8 billion people and you add multitude to it. We go all to business with everyone. And, and why oh, that wow. transcends the stupidness and the ignorance and the myopia and the vested interestness of politics. I think I've gone on enough on that. Is it? It's so <laughs> needed, it, though. We're going to shake them up. It, what happens is it doesn't matter who you and I are. If yeah. you put a tourniquet on your arm too yep. tight that cuts off the blood, your arm falls off ultimately and you yep. that arm dies. Yep. That's what this stupidness is of let's stop trading with blankety blank. No, we need more trade, more commerce, more yes. um, an initiative because this, I'm a scholar in the, in the depressions because I've just written some stuff on it. But 1898, they shut down the stuff and then and the FDR did the same thing. We're going to shut down trade. You shut down trade. You shut down business. It's like you and I not getting communicated. I've never met you before, but we're, we're new best friends as far yeah. as I'm concerned. And I think <laughs> you're concerned. Yeah, because we're like-minded. Yeah. And your tribe and my tribe are like-minded. There's yep. no, but there's more of us that are like-minded that want to use our mind, use our thinking, use, and let's go to the higher level, our soul, yep. the fabric of our soul, which is unlimited. Because if you're made by unlimited stuff, you're unlimited. That's why Christ said, with God, all things are possible. That means yep. with spirit, all things are possible, but it's a spirit that does it. Yep. And, and just one more thing is it. I'm scholarly like Andrew Carnegie. I want everyone to go to his house at 95th and 5th Avenue in New York, right? 60,000 square feet. Everybody stayed there. Mark Twain, the president, the, so cool. Lincoln, everybody. The point is, the first thing he says is, no one can get rich without enriching all others. Ta-da. The opposite mm-hmm. of what the people are saying, are, you guys, the rich guys are taking all the money. No, there's riches for everybody. And then number two is, authors of the wealth of the nation. Now, I'd edit it to the world, but, but you know, we're talking about written in 1865. The point is, is it he created business that no one had ever created? Elon Musk is creating stuff now. So for the first time, total humanity can communicate. We can do business, and it doesn't matter what your language skill is. Like my parents could have spoken Danish and talked to anybody, and not been afraid to go to school. They would never go to a PTA meeting because they were <laughs> called a dumb Dane, right? And there's nothing dumb about my parents. I, I think I example that absolutely. And it just, I just keep hearing that that I will not come back until everyone has heard my name, right? And this element for me and my heart of not only writing but speaking and teaching and just like literally loving on people. There are people who have never been exposed to such a conversation that we're having right now. And in an instant, they have access with this this technology. Why would you inhibit expansion of someone's spirit 
that is connected to you if we believe that we're all connected to the body of Christ. We're all in God's fabric as far as I'm concerned. And and all of what you just said, uh, two things, both the fabric and then back one line is, uh, and forgive me for editing backwards, but Charlie Trinus Jones was a great friend of mine. And he his famous line, and, and they, he his publishing company did a little mini book on me just now. So I'm sort of happy on it, but I better pull off a little lines called Recipes for Success. And it's like a dollar on Oh, I love it. Is it yeah. Element of Relentless or it's yeah. just its own No, no, movie? it's a totally different book. Okay, totally okay. Book. But, but Charlie said, you're going to be the same person you are five years now, except for the peel you meet, the books you read. And his daughter, who's Dr. Major Tracy Jones, who's a dear friend, because the truth is people in the book business need to help the people in the book business understand the book business is not over. It's just going through a hiccup and it's going to a new hurrah. Come and, on. And, uh, what did you say that I needed to hitchhike on? I had to do the preface. So I could, oh, what Charlie said to me when we were traveling around so much and doing giant media, uh, Amway rallies where he'd bring three truckloads of, of books. He wrote the Ford and, and took the main books like As a Man Thinketh and got everyone to read it uh, that people were missing. Charlie said, hey, um, Mark, you may not get it, but you're probably the only Bible most people will ever get. And I that's said what, that to you. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm I saying. have lots it's, of Bibles everywhere in my house. Book, uh, this side here, this purple book here is Chicken Soup of the Soul Bible, which again, our publisher said, ah, that'll never sell. So I said, write a note. I'm going to take it somewhere else. I took it somewhere else. We sold 70000 a week because I did a little story to get you into the big story. Because I think, look. Jordan Peterson's one really got me. 500 years ago, the Bible, the first Bibles by uh, whatever, uh, uh, what, the guy in Germany that did the books. Anyhow, they're 28 pounds, the Bible, right? Because he didn't know how to imagine do little font and all that stuff. Oh, I want to hold it. Yeah, and it, it, you get a hernia just carrying it. <laughs> but what he said that got me, and I did a whole thing on Jordan Peterson, but it, it says and we were just with him here a couple of days ago. He came to Phoenix. Is it, is it, it is the basis of all spiritual books that got out to the rest of the world because there was a time that it didn't get out. Now, is it important to look at the Upanishads? Cause I studied in India as a student of Esser. Is it? Yeah. The first line the Upanishads goes the same with what Christ said out of abundance. He or she took abundance and still abundance remained. John 10, 10, same thing. Cause truth is truth. And those people didn't have a Bible. And yet when America, take Joel Olstein, when he goes there, he gets 100,000 people at every Coliseum in a red fort. And in, in, today we call it Mumbai. It used to be called Bombay. All I'm saying is the world is hungry for the kind of stuff you and I are sharing. Desperate, starving. Yeah. yeah. And if you get living water, then you can have all the water, water you want. And there's fundamental abundance. And today we can take water right out of the air with here, the Innovation Center at AS, Amazon. Amazon. ASU is, is <laughs> in the university. We use sun and solar, and we can put, there's 15 trillion gallons of water in the air every Golly, morning. We imagine that in other There's countries. no lack of anything. So good. Exactly. That's the beauty. That And, and that is where the coming together has to happen. I was just on a call with a friend who is a, a content creator, Christian content creator. He's talking about all of the other assets and avenues for content creation and how in a majority of sectors, and I'll say majority knowingly because I've been in many different genres, everyone is is taking and everyone is like, I've they're trying to climb on top of each other to get to the top of what? 
I'm not sure. But if we were to come together, how much more we could benefit the humanity. And, and that is something that's not done. It's not done in the nonprofit world. It's not done in the publishing industry. It's not done in the technology industry. I mean, literally Elon's trying to do that. He's like, here's all my blueprints. Go and do the same thing because I need your help. And that is where I feel like if we as an individual could get past our own nose, we could then come together and not be a a tourniquet or a a, a dropping arms and limbs. And that's what I feel like is happening, even in the church, even in the religious sector. They fight rather than cooperate. Yes. And they're dropping like flies. And And so I the chosen is so important because 400 million of us or 500 million have watched the chosen. And we're going up there to talk even about uh, serial the fable of Michaela. They've got we got a meeting in here. They're doing. Uh, God bless Dallas Jenkins uh, for having the courage to do it, and and uh, you know the distribution of Angel Studios to have the courage to distribute this thing when Hollywood said, "Get no. out of here, it yeah. ain't going to work, boys." So we're in it. We're in a. If you're looking out of eyes of breakdown, you can find a breakdown. Like you could go in the best hotel in the world and find dirt after Ritz Carlton cleaned up. So the point is. We need to be looking for the breakthroughs of shows like yours that, that are willing to say, let's put a spotlight on what's working and make more stuff work. Let's yeah. put a spotlight on everyone that's making it and say, what's your unique, divine, God-inspired talent and ability and resources and skills and make more of them? Well, and I think it ultimately goes back to not only the relentless, like your biography, but also the ask, because if people are not asking questions, none of these things can transpire. And I believe it's ultimately, like you said, going back to the Lord every single night before you go to sleep. And even when you're waking up in prayer and petition, it says, and to present your request to the Lord with thanksgiving, we can humbly come before God and he will make those things known to us. But we aren't doing that because we're not willing to ask questions. We're not willing to ask for help. And we're just staying in that place of complacency, which, as we said earlier, is ultimately death. And so I am so I'm like, I can run around my room. I will probably when I hang up the phone and run around my room, give yourself a visual, do a little dance in the expectation of what what God is doing and the bridges that he's building and the people that he's bringing together that are glorifying his name confidently, boldly, without a shamed experience and, and doing so while inviting other people into that conversation. And I think that's what books do every single time. Well, I'm a, I'm an addicted reader. There's not a night. I, I don't think in my life since learning how to read that I don't read. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and just, they all send me and I go, I want to meet that person. And, and the reason we sold more books than anybody is I interviewed the 101 best-selling fiction and nonfiction authors. I didn't ask them how to write. I thought I could pull that off and learn that by myself. I said, how did you market so many books and sell so many books? And then I took notes. The only mistake I made is I should have videoed every interview, whether it was James Michener, our neighbor here, Clive Cussler uh, in fiction uh, or in nonfiction, everybody that was anybody from Zig Ziglar to, to so cool. Harvey McKay or whoever. Right. So and male cool. and female and Barbara DeAngelis. I mean, I can go through the whole names and Wayne Dyer and, you know, but we all ultimately became friends and because and, yeah. there's no competition except with yourself. Yes. Yes. And the only yeah. opinion that matters are God's opinion and your opinion of you. Nobody else. The publisher says, I don't want your book. Good. Yeah. 
Next, yep, we, we got right. our first 44 yeah. rejections and finally found somebody to take so us. Good. It's so good. And there's so much hope in that truth, right? But most people will sit on that as an element of suppression because they're ashamed of what didn't work. But that's why opening up about people's messy success stories, what actually happened in the process is so important and why our stories are so critical because no one's story is perfect. Every story has a flaw and that flaw is what makes it beautiful. If you haven't done the title, all success, all success is messy. That's a heck of a title for you. I'm taking it. I'm going. (laughs) Because everybody assumes, right? They watch Elon Musk and they say, well, he didn't have any setbacks. Boy, that boy has had more failure than anybody, but he overcomes it because he believes all things are possible. And he is a Christian and he does. Yeah. I I watch a whole show on him on that. So the, and I'm not here trying to sell Elon Musk, except to say that. It's okay, I'm already sold. My husband's his favorite. Good. What, I, what, what I say is 100% different. Than everybody else. I, we don't need one of him. We need 10 of him. Yeah. What yeah. your whole show has been, Tamara, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, holding up the mirror saying, hey, wait a second. What if you have the same intellectual prowess that he does? And, it, and you say, well, I didn't know if I got it or not. I don't care. We, I, I did a video on Mr. Beast, too. The, the kid who made oh, awesome. million on YouTube. Yeah. And, and what, what happens with him is that, that he hired Mr. Beast to run Twitter. And you say, nobody would hire a 24-year-old kid to run a billion-dollar business. Dang right, because that's where the future is. Exactly. And that's where shows are going to go. And that's where everything is going to go. So, you know, let's let's figure it out how – it doesn't matter. And, and what Alan says is, I only ask you one question. By the way, when you're hiring people, this is the best question I've ever heard. And that's why I say question is always the answer, of course. Yep. But, Tamara, tell and everybody listening, tell me what problem you've overcome in three pages or less. I don't care about your degrees. I don't care about mm. your achievements. I care about what big problem did you overcome and solve. And yep. and Mr. Beast has figured out how in two years' time to go from nowhere to somewhere, the biggest guy on, on YouTube ever, and you go and then sell 10 million hamburgers in a day, stuff that <laughs> no one so could good. believe, right? I mean, you go, wait a second. By the way, if I were a fast food guy, I'd hire him, right? I'm yeah, not- right. I think anyone at this point should hire him, no matter what your industry is, right? Your company is there. That's the ingenuity that we are gifted from an like an ingenious, right? He's he's above all things. That's who God is. And that's why it's right. so beautiful when we come together because we get to see different expressions of who God is, and it's not that- through competition. I want to hit in that word ingenuity because it's important. Yeah. I know we're going along in this podcast, but I got the time for you to. I don't Is care. It? It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Here, here, here's the deal. All the people that say we got too much population, which are really ignorant people yep. study. And back with Bucky Fuller, he said Malthus was wrong. Malthus didn't say survival of the fittest. He said survival of the adaptable. And you and I are infinitely adaptable. Number two, is it uh, so that was Thomas Malthus? No, Thomas Malthus says population is two, four, six, eight, geometric and, er- and food is arithmetic one, two, three, four. Wrong and wrong. But yeah. what happens is there's an economist you got to go watch online. I have no vested interest in this guy, Dr. Julian Simon, J U L I A N S I M O N. And what Julian says, here's what no one sees is that when you have more population, you have more, back to your word, ingenuity. And when you have more ingenuity, we have more solutions. Yeah. And that's what Alan's asking for. That's what I, you and I as publishers are asking for. Yeah. Let's do more, bigger, better books that everyone reads, that everyone needs, or or back to the other direction, the small niches that no one can solve, like yes. alopecia, the hair loss. Yes. I don't have that. I just got male pattern baldness. But <laughs> you know, if, if you had alopecia, 
and I met the lady that's putting together the two million alopecia. Somebody's yeah. going to come up with a solution because yes. women that are so young and so bald and men, and and yeah. they just they you know, and they say, look, I I feel ashamed to go out. Well, no, you shouldn't feel ashamed. You're yeah. God's greatest masterpiece. It yeah. says in Ephesians, right? Apostle mm-hmm. Paul wrote all that good stuff. Yeah, makes me think of that the chosen episode of the woman with the issue with blood. Does that just recently is out? And it's like it's so rich and everyone should be able to see everyone's like element of life, right? Like that's what empathy is. That's what compassion is. And while that story isn't my story and the alopecia isn't my story, there's an element of empathy connected to compassion, which is why their story is critical to share because it brings to life an element of me that could be dead, dying, or non-existent at this time, but it could be an asset to what's to come. That's ultimately ingenuity. And so it's the knowing. With that, plus the chosen just shows the healing power. All of us have healing power. I want want you to, those listening, 100% of you, but you need to study it. Like you've cut yourself, scraped yourself, shaved yourself, or shaved your leg, or whatever it is, and healed. But there's 5% of us that have real healing power mm-hmm. to change other people, whether it's hands-on healing, which I've done a lot of the churches that I've talked at or, or stuff like that. I mean, we heal one woman of cancer. I fly into this uh, mm-hmm. big church in Denver with 5,000 people. John Wayne, uh, John uh, Denver got married. There was a friend the day before and, uh, and there's a guy standing outside and uh, I get dry, driven up in a limo because he's very thought I was important. Anyhow, <laughs> a little girl standing there, all scoliosis bent over uh. with a head wrap. And I could see that she had no hair. And I thought, because we'd just done chicken soup at the Surviving Soul Hunter way mm. with cancer. And she said, my dying wish, make a wish said I could come and be with you. And I thought, oh my God, uh. I don't have that power. I said, I thought make a wish, you want to meet Mr. T or, or yeah. Ronald <laughs> Go or to something. Disney World, yeah. So, so there are going to be 5,000 people in three services. And I said, you're staying at all the services with your parents. We had her brought up on stage. Her name's Amy Graham. We had everyone rub up their hand because I knew 5% had healing power. We okay. healed her on the spot. It was like amazing. And the doctor said she was basically dead. And, and, wow. and, 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 you know, it's so critical that if you don't know that exists, and, and my little daughter, like I talked about Melanie earlier, one time my uh, former wife was sick and, and Melanie just went like this and said, Mommy, I'll mm. use what Daddy taught us to heal you, and bingo, because mm. she didn't know she couldn't do it. Yeah. And that's why you see Christ, you know, healing the eyes or or healing the leper. Everybody yeah. else is afraid of him and don't get in the breath. Yeah. Look, we got somebody can solve every problem mm. and heal it. It just we're in an in the most death defying times and the most exquisite times at the same time. If you got the right information and insight, and if you're tuned into God. Mm. The size of the mustard seed, right? I loved right. the episode where the disciples were sent out two by two, and it's the first time that they're healing, and they're like looking at their hands, like, "What just happened out of my hands?" And then the other guy's like, "It's not your hands; it's the Holy Spirit." And it's it just that is so true, and, and interesting that you brought it up because I've been on a healing expedition over the last two months. And the Lord has just revealed himself in such incredible ways. And I leave in just a couple of days to the Dominican. And I know that it was so, such a precursor to being able to be with orphans and being to be with these children and to expose them to the true breath of life that exists for them. And so I'm so glad that we just mentioned that because it's so um, just ignited in my spirit right now. Yeah. And I hope if you get extra time, go cross the mountain to Haiti and just, yes. they definitely need it too. So I mean, good. And the people are so, uh, 
you know, I know this is going to sound racist and I don't mean it. I went to a black church in Harlem for seven years when I was in New York. I went to a, a Norman Vincent Peale, who became my good friend. And in, it, in the afternoon, I went to Harlem to Reverend Ike's church. We just wrote the biography on Reverend Ike, who's a supernatural healer and just beyond amazing. But I, so I've talked to giant black churches, TD Jakes everywhere. Yep, yep. And those audiences are so they're willing to let the spirit come out and be a spirit. Like you said, dance around the room afterwards. Right. And the people are, you know, once in a while it'd scare me because they go, Mark, 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 Mark. Before I started, and I thought, my God, they've let their kundalini out of their head. How do I take many higher? I usually want somebody here and take them there. But I didn't know that you could. Because spirit does come out your crown yeah. chakra. I mean, you know, and, and we can take pictures today with curly and photos and see, you know, whether you dimmed your spirit or whether you've got it, mm -hmm. your spirit is alive. I can just tell you, mm -hmm. my, and, and mine is totally. Yes, it is. The thing I get told once in a while after, you know, an eight hour seminar or something is that you exhaust me. Where do you get all that energy at your age? <laughs> You're like, I'm plugged in, I'm plugged into the source. You don't run dry. That's that living water you mentioned. That's right. Right. And and oh, we're all goodness. entitled to it. That's a hundred percent. And no if we one... can get the people that aren't aware that, that God exists, and God is in them and out of them and, and in spirit, then we can fulfill our mission on life, planet Earth. Yes. And the destiny, right? That's ultimately what that new book of, is about. It's just the destiny. I say new book. You guys, if you've never been exposed to any of the books, they're all new to you. And therefore, you should get all of them. I want to see your bookshelf of all of the books, either about or written by Mark Victor Hansen. And I am just so honored. Thank you so much for your time. Your Very spirit is a treasure. And I know that you're just going to continue to be a long lasting, just energy energizer bunny. <laughs> so keep going so that I can write books on you when you're 127. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I accept in advance. I love you so much, brother. We will be in touch. You guys, please just uh, enjoy. I'm actually most excited to go to your YouTube channel because I didn't know this was a thing. So I'm, I'm going to be your newest subscriber right after the show. You guys need to do you know. the exact same thing. <laughs> Thank Thanks you for being here. My pleasure. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to. And I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener. And I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.